This is Airing Pain, a programme brought to you by Pain Concern, the UK charity providing information and support for those of us living with pain and for healthcare professionals. I'm Paul Evans, and this edition is funded by the Agnes Hunter Trust. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's just to be reminded that our well-being is ongoing downstairs in the lounge if you'd like to join us. Oh, hi, everyone. Hello. What I'm going to do today is just do a wee sort of demonstration and maybe get you to do a bit of the warm-up of the Tai Chi. So I'm just going to start off by showing you the salute that we do at the beginning and the end of the class. So if everyone takes their left hand and put your four fingers together, this signifies friendship. And then your thumb, when you put your thumb in like that, that's humility. So you then get your right hand and you make a fist and then you put the two together like this and that's your salute. So at the beginning and the end of the session we always do that and it's a sign of mutual respect. So Now, according to Arthritis Care UK, arthritis is the biggest cause of pain and physical disability in the UK. Around 10 million people live with the condition. And according to a survey carried out by Arthritis Research UK with the Daily Telegraph, three quarters of those living with arthritis and joint pain say the pain stops them living life to the full. That's why I've come along to Waterside View Residential Home in Renton in Scotland, where residents are taking part in a well-being day. But before we join them, what is arthritis? David Walsh is Professor of Rheumatology at the University of Nottingham and he's Director of the Arthritis Research UK Pain Centre. So the commonest form of arthritis is what's commonly called osteoarthritis. It's something which increases with age. People sometimes talk about it as wear and tear arthritis, although I tend to think of it more as an ongoing repair process that's going on in the joint. Less common than that, but a major problem for those that have it, is the inflammatory forms of arthritis, things like rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis. Those are characterised by a body's reaction against itself, if you like, which is damaging the joints. They often come on much earlier in life, but sadly, with none of these forms of arthritis do we have cures. And then there's another group of conditions called crystal arthritis, for example, gout, which we have good treatments to control but again, not everybody gets on with those treatments and there are still problems with those. They're typically characterised by intermittent episodes of pain. And then there's another very big group of people who are experiencing musculoskeletal pain for which there's no clear immediate drive coming from the joints or the muscles. And there's a condition that people often refer to as fibromyalgia where despite intensive research, it's been difficult to pinpoint exactly what's going on in the periphery, in the joints or the muscles. And it seems that the main changes are going on within the nervous system. My name's Sharon McPherson. I work for the charity Arthritis Care, and I'm the project officer for joint activity, which involves various activities including Tai Chi for arthritis and health walking. So I support the volunteers. All our services is, are delivered by volunteers, so I'm there to help them deliver the service. So tell me where we are and what we're doing. Today we are in Renton and this is a wellbeing day and I'm here to support my colleague Hazel who works with the Working Well with Arthritis programme 
and within my work they have helped me with a referral to access to work which helps me stay and work with arthritis. So you have arthritis? I do. I have an inflammatory arthritis called rheumatoid arthritis. And how does that affect you? Generally it affects your whole body and there's an element of fatigue with it and pain. That's the kind of two main features. But because I work for the organisation and I've, I look after myself, it's fairly well managed. So how do you manage it? Various things, activities, one of the main things I need to keep moving or I stiffen up. So I walk with the volunteers because we do the health walking projects and I'm trained to deliver Tai Chi. So I do Tai Chi every day as well. And it's Tai Chi for arthritis. So it's a nice high stance. There's no big expansive movement. So it's easy on your joints. So we recruit the volunteers, we train the volunteers and then I support them to go out into the community and deliver the services. We also have self-management volunteers that I support and they deliver self-management workshops which have different topics and one of them being understanding pain, um, which is a main feature of arthritis and the conditions. Understanding pain, uh, that might confuse many people because... You don't need to understand pain, you just feel pain, it hurts. Well, it does hurt, but you do need to understand it to help yourself because if you can understand it, you can manage it better. A lot of the pain in people with active rheumatoid arthritis is being driven by inflammation in the joints. And when the joint's inflamed, the body's producing chemicals which are not only setting up that inflammatory response but are also making the nerves sensitive to movement and pressure and so on. So if you can in those situations damp down the inflammation you can substantially relieve the pain. The difficulty we have in rheumatoid arthritis is that actually once you've suppressed all that inflammation people often still have significant and important pain. And the mechanisms of that ongoing pain after the inflammation has been settled is much less clear and again seems to be more related to the way that the nervous system's working rather than any residual inflammation or damage in the joint. So if the joint's damaged or inflamed, then it's, it'll send signals to your brain to tell you that something's going on. Because your joints are sending signals all the time. So even if you don't have knee pain, if you walk, you know you're walking, your brain knows where your leg is. You know, what we call proprioception, joint position sense. And part of what can happen is that the nervous system can start switching those signals, those normal experiences in the joints, into the pain pathways. So instead of feeling something as being pressure or as movement, you feel it as pain. So it's not just that the nerves are being irritated or sensitised in the joint but actually the whole network through which those signals are getting to the brain can change. How do you treat the nervous system side of that then, rather than just inflammation? There are drug treatments which are targeting the nervous system. I mean, the oldest one is probably opiates. You know, they actually block pain signaling within the nervous system. But treatments which may have been developed for other purposes, depression or epilepsy, because of the way that the nervous system uses common signaling pathways in a, a number of different 
areas, some of those drugs can be helpful for pain. So drugs like amitriptyline, duloxetine, gabapentin, pregabalin have been repurposed for nerve-mediated pain, if you like. Obviously, there are other ways of changing the way the nervous system works. Psychological treatments actually primarily work through the nervous system. They're not working on the joint itself. And uh, there's quite a lot of evidence that it's not just what you think you feel, but actually psychological treatments do change what you feel. It is real, is this? So I don't think we're necessarily just talking about drugs in terms of changing the way the nervous system processes pain signals. Uh, my name is Hazel Muir. I'm an employability officer with Arthritis Care, um, specifically with the Working Well with Arthritis Joint Working Service. We're here today, we've been asked along today to um, provide some information uh, on some of the services that we provide throughout Scotland. Well, lots of the services I can see laid out on your stall, your table in front of you at this well-being event. Explain to me, I can see coping with pain there. Now, pain and arthritis, tell me if I'm wrong, they go hand in hand. No, you're, you're definitely right. Um, and I would say that's one of our most popular leaflets. We've got a lot of useful information on there, um, some hints and tips on, and some of the things that you can do uh, and to, to cope with pain and pain management. We've brought a, a sort of selection of some of the, the information leaflets that we provide. I've also got just a few things on living with osteoarthritis, living with rheumatoid arthritis, exercise and, and arthritis and healthy eating. Sharon, it's coffee break. You are holding a flask of something that looks absolutely disgusting to me. <laughs> and you're drinking it. What is it? Well, I call it sassy water. It's not disgusting. It's actually quite pleasant to drink, but it's just water with cucumber, ginger and lemon. And it's an anti-inflammatory water, so it helps with arthritis. Um, I actually gave the recipe to my neighbour. He has gout and he's never been able to control his gout. And I gave him this recipe and he went on holiday for five days and didn't drink the water for five days and his gout came back. As soon as he came back, he got back on the sassy water and his gout's away. So how important is diet? Diet's really important with arthritis because it's an inflammatory condition. There's lots of foods you can eat to help your condition. Um, the girls in the centre here brought us beetroot juice earlier. That's another thing that's really good for your joints and was, your bones. It was lovely. It was nice. It was very pleasant. It is nice. So I sometimes put that in. Um, I've got a juicer at home. Um, that juices the juice out of everything. It's a cold press juicer, so it's really good. So what should people with arthritis avoid? Are there no-no foods? Well, it's about finding what works for you. Um, we do have information leaflets available that will guide you with diet and drink, but there's obviously things that are inflammatory. Alcohol is inflammatory, so you should avoid that but there's lots of good foods. Pineapple's got something in it called bromelain, and that's really good. It's an anti-inflammatory, so pressed pineapple juice is good as well. It's high in sugar, so you just need to watch your intake. It's not too high. Real foods are always good, so when you think of real foods, it's something that's grown from the ground. Um, so natural foods and fresh foods. Usually the bright colours are full of antioxidants, so lots of vegetables and some fruit. Well, it's getting busier and busier here, and we're stopping people to get out of the store. Let's, let's, let's go somewhere just a little bit quieter. Let's go back to your coping with pain leaflet. 
many people might think that coping with pain means drugs from the doctor. That's certainly one thing. Um, obviously, we promote self-management. We include a, a number of things that you can do in the way that you're taking control of your own condition and how you want to maintain and manage that condition. There are lots of changes, not just to the person with arthritis, work, Absolutely. office situations, family, siblings, yes. parents. Absolutely. A huge support network and sometimes um, communication is key there because quite often it's about getting across how you're feeling and what's going on with you to the other people around you. And you mentioned employers and, and colleagues and so on. Working well with Arthritis Joint Working Service that I um, actually work with, that started in 2014. Um, and that kind of came off the back of a lot of research that had been happening in the UK about the challenges people were facing that had arthritis when they were in the workplace or trying to return to work. What are those challenges then? There was a piece of research done in 2010 by the National Rheumatoid Arthritis Society and there's some really good information that came out from that. As I said, that was kind of key to what we took on board when we were developing this service. And one of the pieces of information from the participants that took part was that within one year of people being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, over 50% of them had left work. Within a six-year period, 80% had left work. That's astonishing. That is quite staggering figures. And some of the other things from that same piece of research... People with arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, had identified a number of areas as the most important factors that would help them remain in work. Uh, and from that, as I says, we've kind of introduced a service. Currently, at the moment, the service is delivered in Glasgow and Greater Clyde and also uh, in Grampian, and we work very closely with NHS in both areas, and you know, hopefully with an aim to complement the service from, from NHS. But some of these areas that were talked about from the report as what was most important to the person with arthritis was to have better awareness of their own rights at work, to have increased knowledge and flexibility from their employer, and better awareness of schemes to assist people in work. These are fundamental to the service that we've developed to address some of these areas. In many ways, you say being aware of one's rights at work. There's a danger there, isn't there, that that sounds confrontational, that yes. you're, you're table something, I want my rights. The ideal situation is that you wouldn't need those rights written down, that employers and employees would be able to work together. How do you, how do you get around that? Well, I think the main thing is that people that, that um, get in touch with us for the Working Railway Arthritis Service, quite a number of people are not aware that there is... So protection from the law, mainly the Equality Act 2010. And I think that's a big key thing because a lot of the concerns is around from themselves is around their absences and then what's going to happen when they go back to work because there's going to be issues around discipline and so on. And that's quite a common theme that we see through the people we work with. So getting across, actually, this is what the law states and this is what's there to protect you and it's OK to expect certain things and to have that conversation with your employer. And they have a, a duty of care as well. And really just getting that across in a way where the individual doesn't feel like you know, it's, some, it's too much or they're being you know, treated differently or especially they're entitled to it. That's a key thing that we try and get across. And that was one of the areas that came up 
from pieces of research saying that's what people wanted to know. What are the things that, that is there to help protect them and, and to allow them to continue in work? One of the issues as well, I guess, for people with arthritis, as with many chronic pain conditions, is that many people don't look unwell. They don't look as if they're in pain. Again, that's a common thing, and people often see that if I was wearing a bandage, you know, or if I you know, had a plaster on, then people maybe wouldn't look at me the same way or ask me the same questions. Again, arthritis, and you know, if you look at rheumatoid arthritis and, and various other sort of fluctuating conditions, one day will be totally different from the next. And again, that's something where we hear people going to say their colleagues don't always understand it or their employer because well, you managed to do that yesterday, so how can you not do that today? And again, that's back to the individual understanding the condition and how that affects them, and maybe then having a look at, well, who else needs to know that and how do I share that information so that they're aware and they can understand that I may not look in pain, but I'm, I'm dealing with pain. And the other thing is, pain's a big part of it, but there's other aspects to look at. And fatigue's one that we, we commonly get people saying, the fatigue is a real, real struggle, a real challenge when you're working. And to get other people to understand that fatigue is not, oh, I just feel tired because I never slept properly last night, there's a lot more to it. And then there's other things that come off the back of that. So people that they're coping with pain each day, they've got so many challenges and changes in their life, and that can affect people's mental health as well. So there's things like anxiety, depression, and, and all that can go into it. So there's the whole load of stuff sort of around that, and coping with pain's a massive challenge, but it's part of it. So it's looking at addressing the other issues as well. Another thing, another aspect of that is also... I suppose, that people in those situations where, where you cannot see the pain, they will work doubly hard to prove themselves or to prove to their colleagues that they can cope. Absolutely. Yes, and again, that's a common one. I was speaking with someone recently who said that they were basically battling themselves because as much as they knew this was going on, they felt they were kind of letting themselves down and other people down, so they were actually making themselves worse by doing more than they should have and not pacing and pacing is a massive thing here which helps you know self-manage your condition that's another thing is people then have to get to that point with their acceptance of this is my condition this is how it's going to affect me but there is things doesn't mean that my life is over and that I have to totally change everything there is things I can do and there's maybe I have to look at doing things I did in a different way or changing from that particular route to another route uh, and once people sort of accept that and realise that you can live well with arthritis, you can work well with arthritis, you may have to work at it and you will probably need more support. But there is support and there's resources out there. So we've come outside on a, a sort of a grey Scottish day. <laughs> there's, a, there's a term Scots use for it. The Welsh term is miserable anyway. Miserable. <laughs> it's about drich. Okay. okay, that's the word I was thinking of. So, right, I'm newly diagnosed with arthritis of the knee because the doctor says I'm a certain age and that's what's expected. Okay, so would I be right in saying that you've been diagnosed with osteoarthritis? He said osteoarthritis. Yeah, yes. so general wear and tear. That is fairly common as you get older and sometimes if you've done sports, you can be susceptible to that. It's the most common condition and then rheumatoid arthritis after that. They're the biggest numbers. So Tai Chi for arthritis would be fine for you, you would enjoy it and it would be okay for your knee.
Shall I give you a wee demonstration? Yes, please. Okay. Yes, please. Okay. Right, so you're standing with your feet slightly apart, shoulders dropped, yeah? Yep, nice and relaxed. Yeah. And you want to just move your weight from the right to the left and then get yourself centred so that you feel as if you're rooted to the ground. So you're nice and solid in the ground. And your knees want to be loose, you don't want your knees to be locked. So, and just feel your weight going straight down through both your feet. So I'm just rocking side to side, back and forth, just... Just to get your balance and to get your central point. And I'll need you to stand back a bit. <laughs> I tend to think of osteoarthritis and back pain, in fact, as being an ongoing repair process rather than wear and tear. I don't see it as an ageing problem. It's inevitably true that anything that we don't have a cure for will get more prevalent the older you get because you collect things as you go through your life. I collect scars on my skin as I go through my life, but I don't see the scars on my skin as being a disease or necessarily as a problem. Actually, the problem with osteoarthritis is the pain, the stiffness and the disability that it causes. And that isn't necessarily something that increases with age, even though what you see in the x-rays will change, it will increase with age. Uh, we're struggling at the moment, I think, to identify what is the difference between normal ageing and a disease called osteoarthritis. And my feeling is that that's probably meaningless. That actually, we all have changes of osteoarthritis as we get older. If you look at people's x-rays or if you look in the joints with an arthroscope, you will see furring of the cartilage or some loss of cartilage, you know, all these things that we recognize as being part of osteoarthritis. But it doesn't necessarily cause you a problem. And really, the clinical problem of osteoarthritis is more about pain rather than about what you see on an x-ray. And there have been advances in what are the imaging or biochemical correlates of that pain. So it now looks as though, although we've often thought of osteoarthritis as being non-inflammatory, actually there is inflammation in the lining of the joint which is associated with the pain that people experience in osteoarthritis, or at least some of those people, that it changes underneath the cartilage, underneath the cushioning of the joint, changes in bone turnover, which are associated with pain. Okay? And actually that's leading to new types of treatment, hitting those changes in structure and function in the joint, which are causing the pain, which are beginning to show sort of good promise as treatments to relieve pain and to prevent progression of pain in osteoarthritis. So you're going to open and close your hands, and if you breathe in, and then breathe out. And I close my eyes to get the best benefit of, of good breathing exercises. Yes, that's lovely when you close your eyes because in Tai Chi, if you can't actually do the movement because of pain, you can visualise the movement and they've done studies that the visualisation of the movement is almost as good as doing the actual movement. I have to say, I have fibromyalgia as well and I did a course in Tai Chi and I had to give it up because it was hurting me too much. Okay. It was very, very hard on the knees, in fact. And the warm-up exercises were actually causing me a lot of problems. Okay. So there are different types of Tai Chi. Yes, there's, oh, there's over 200 different types. There's lots and lots of different ones. The one we do um, was designed by Dr. Paul Lam. He's a doctor from Australia. And he designed Tai Chi for Health, which incorporates all different health issues and arthritis is one of them. So it comes from the Sun style, it's spelled S-U-N 
and it's a very high stance, um, non-expansive movements, and it's specifically for people with arthritis, and there's nothing that's too strenuous on your knees. That's right, it's, it's just gentle moving, isn't yeah. it? And, and, and balance, as you say. Yeah, and there's a lot of qigong in the Tai Chi for arthritis, which is like a healing therapy, and it's connected with your breath. What I remember about Qigong is, I seem to remember putting my hands above my head and, and moving around as, as I breathe in from my diaphragm. Yes. I'm sure there's more to it than that, but, no, it, but well, it is incredibly yeah. relaxing. The Qi is, um, means your energy, and your Qi point is three fingers below your belly, your tummy button, and three fingers in the way, so that's where your chi centre is, so that's where all your energy comes from, so you're wanting to work it from there all the time, and gong means work, so it's like energy work, so you're working your energy. I gave the clue away that that I'm nearly 60, and my doctor says, well, that will be osteoarthritis. How practical is it for people to go to Tai Chi classes? So long as they're appropriate Tai Chi classes, the Tai Chi for arthritis would be fine because of the style that it is. It's for people with arthritis, so it's nice and gentle. But be careful which form of Tai Chi you choose. Yeah, be careful which form. It needs to be gentle and it needs to be appropriate for your condition. I have to say that having been put off by an inappropriate Tai Chi method and feeling this one today I'd very much like to go along to another class. And you could try it seated first of all to build up the muscles around your knee because it'll take time to do that and just kind of go easy on yourself don't be too hard on yourself because it takes time. No pain no gain doesn't count with arthritis. No, no, (laughs) no don't use that adage just take care Self-care, look after yourself, pitching it at the right level, pacing it so that you're not doing too much. What's over the horizon, if you like, or just visible over the horizon for arthritis pain research? In terms of new drugs, the most impressive thing that I've seen being developed over the last few years are drugs targeting nerve growth factor. So nerve growth factor is produced by the joint during inflammation. It's also actually produced by other parts of the joint as well, but but if you think of it as being produced by the joint during inflammation. And it's one of the main drivers to the nerve's endings in the joints becoming sensitive. So you can imagine that if you block that, then they should be less sensitive. You should be able to do more without it being painful. So there's a number of drug companies which have developed antibodies that block nerve growth factor. And they are consistently showing very impressive improvements in pain in people with osteoarthritis or people with back pain. It's very difficult to find drugs that work in back pain. So this this is really quite impressive. As with all drug developments, there may be concerns about possible side effects. These are in early stage of development but I would see these things coming through within the next few years. We already have a lot of treatments that show some effects in some people for arthritis pain. And one of the challenges I think we have is bringing them together so that people can get the best out of what's already there. At the moment, typically what happens is that you go to your doctor, you try one thing, it doesn't work, you try something else, it doesn't work, you try something else. 
And actually, each time your treatment fails, the more challenging it is to get benefit from another treatment. And if we could target treatments to those people at the right time when they're most likely to benefit from them, it could reduce a lot of suffering already with existing treatments. And I think understanding how we can work out who is most likely to respond to which treatment is one of those areas which is moving very quickly at the moment. That was Professor David Walsh, Director of the Arthritis Research UK Pain Centre. Their website is arthritisresearchuk.org. There are no gaps in that, arthritisresearchuk.org. I'll just remind you that whilst we in Pain Concern believe the information and opinions on airing pain are accurate and sound based on the best judgments available, you should always consult your health professional on any matter relating to your health and well-being. He or she is the only person who knows you, your circumstances and therefore the appropriate action to take on your behalf. Don't forget that you can download all editions and transcripts of airing pain from Pain Concern's website, which is painconcern.com. .org.uk. And you can find out more about living well with arthritis at arthritiscare.org.uk. That's arthritiscare.org.uk. I'll leave you to finish off the Tai Chi session with the residents of Waterside View Residential Home in Scotland. Turn your palms towards you, bring your energy towards you, breathing out, going back the way, tucking your chin in against your chest, nice and slow. And then we want to breathe in again to come back up. Do you feel any different after you've done it? Sometimes you feel relaxed after you've done it. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Well done.